0: Benjamin Franklin said, lost time is never found again. Lost time is never found again. Uh, A businessman named Roger Babson said, let him who would enjoy a good future waste none of his present. I like that. Let him who would enjoy a good future waste none of his present. The Rolling Stones saying, time waits for no one and it won't wait for me time waits for no one we how many of you have ever heard that before not the song but the, that phrase time waits for no one this morning uh we are talking about time uh, time is ticking my friends time is ticking and every moment that passes by is one that you'll never get back every moment that goes past will never come back so what are you doing with your time This morning we're going to begin a new three-part series uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. Uh, It's a series on stewardship and generosity. And we're going to talk about these three T's for the next three weeks. We're going to talk about time, treasure, and talent. The gifts that God has given to us that He expects in return back to the one who gave them to us. And so we're going to talk today about time. uh, And uh, we're going to talk about these Uh, This series about elemental trust and uh, how are we trusting God with our time, our treasure, and our talent. Um, So, like I said, we're going to look at two passages of scripture today. We're going to look at a passage from Romans and a passage from Ephesians as we talk about investing our time and what we use our time for. What are you doing with your time? I'm a very clock-conscious person. Uh, I'm a bit of a fanatic when it comes to the clock I believe that uh, this was instilled in me by my father whose whose, uh, mantra is, uh, I would rather not go than to be late. I feel that. I feel that tension. I I don't like lateness. I I don't like being late. And people are like, why are you so good at it? We won't go there. But how should we use our time? How should we use the time that we've been giving? Grab your Bible. Turn to Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. That's where we're going to start. And then we'll turn into Ephesians a little bit later on. Also grab your bulletin and to page 3 to the handy-dandy outline to fill in some blanks and to follow along. Take some notes, things like that. So we're going to start in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. The first blank on your outline is time is running out. Time is running out. In chapter 13 of Romans, verses 11 through 14, Paul writes, And do this understanding the present time the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed the night is nearly over the day is almost here so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light let us behave decently as in the daytime not in orgies and drunkenness not in sexual immorality and debauchery not in dissension and jealousy Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Paul was writing to the church at Rome, and he was telling them about how they were to live as followers of Jesus Christ. What kind of lives were they to live uh, knowing about the coming day of the Lord? That's what he was talking about, that the day of the Lord is coming, the day when Christ returns was near. This is 2,000 years ago. He says, the day of the Lord is coming, the time is near, time is running out. Look at verses 8 through 10 first, uh, because in verses 8 through 10, he talks about uh, this law of love and, and loving your neighbor. So he says, let no doubt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to its neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law so he talks about how important it is to love one another and i think whether it's in the church or it's your neighbor who lives next door or it's your neighbor who lives across town it's your family your friends Uh, We are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We are to love the people in our lives. And I think this is especially true when it comes to the church. We need to be loving each other, uh, helping one another, encouraging one another, bearing with one another, praying with one another. We'll talk about that in just a little while. We need to be loving our neighbors as ourselves. And in light of this, we get to this passage that we just looked at in verses 11 through 14. If we love our neighbors, we fulfill the Old Testament laws that deal with other people. Paul switches gears and then talks about living in the light So these two things go hand in hand loving our neighbors and living in the light And in fact, this is pointed out for us in 1 john chapter 1 verses 5 through 7. I want to read that for you It's up on the screen This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light in him. There is no darkness at all If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth But if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son purifies us from all sin so how do we live in the light how do we live in fellowship with one another how do we live in fellowship with god how do we live in the light we have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness he says we put away the deeds of darkness if you want to be in the light you got to do away with the darkness Uh, We have to put on the armor of light, as Paul says. We need to be very careful how we live as Christians. The world is watching us, and the return of Christ is near. Jesus is coming again. How will he find us living when he arrives? How will he find us living when he returns? Are we living as children of light? Are we living in the light, or are we living in the darkness? Are we embracing the light, or are we living... In darkness, the return of Jesus is near. Look at verse 11. Then then again, of Romans 13, do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. That every day is another day closer to the return of Christ. So how are we living? We need to evaluate how are we living? Are we living in the darkness or are we living in the light? Are we living in fellowship with the Father or are we not living in fellowship with the Father? Are we sleeping? Are we slumbering? Or are we awake? These are the questions that we have to deal with, that we have to answer as far as our walk with God, as far as our walk with Christ. Are we living in the light or are we uh, living in the darkness? So what are the deeds of darkness? Paul lists them. He lists three pairs of dark deeds. Uh, The first is orgies and drunkenness. The second is sexual immorality and debauchery. The third pair is dissension and jealousy. These three pairs of sins are to be understood together. They go together. Um, So like the first one, the first pair uh, had to do with the Roman god Dionysus. Dionysus was the god of wine and debauchery okay and so uh they would have these wild orgies and these drunken parties uh the romans would they'd have these wild drunken orgy parties uh in order to celebrate this god this was their act of worship this is the act of worship that they participated in to the roman god of dionysus the god of wine so they have these uh and they would indulge in every sinful activity under under the sun as an act of worship um the second pair Uh, Of sin uh, that he talks about is uh, sexual immorality and debauchery. This is unrestrained sexual behavior, unrestrained sexually sinful behavior of every kind. Now, the biblical definition of sexual immorality is any sexual behavior outside of a monogamous heterosexual married relationship. Any sexual activity outside of a monogamous heterosexual married relationship. That's premarital sex that's extramarital affairs, uh, that's homosexual behavior, uh, that's lustful uh, addictions to to things like pornography. Uh, These things are inappropriate and indecent for the followers of Jesus Christ. They're inappropriate. They're indecent. They are sinful. The final pair of sins is dissension and jealousy now notice paul doesn't say well this one's really really bad and this one's kind of bad and this one's well it's it's pretty it's it's sort of bad no these are all on equal ground the, all these sinful activities these simple behaviors are all sins they're all sins. They are all to be done away with in the lives of the followers of Jesus. These things are inappropriate and indecent for Jesus. So when he, for followers of Jesus. So when he says dissension and jealousy, he means those who are contentious, those who are quarrelsome just for the sake of being quarrelsome, those who try to divide because of jealousy, those who try to divide the church. I believe that God hates division. Not like the mathematical kind of division. I mean the kind of division that happens in churches. That God hates division. Why? Because God is one. God is a unified uh, spirit. uh, God is unified. He's united. Father, Son, and Spirit all equal, all one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is not many gods. He is not uh, three different gods. He is one God. And God hates division in fact in in the new testament the one uh, command given as far as disfellowshipping someone from a church saying you're not welcome here have nothing to do with that person comes to a divided a divisive person uh paul wrote uh warn the divisive person once warn them a second time then have nothing to do with them that if someone wants to divide the church of jesus christ you're to have nothing to do with them you warn them You warn them again, and then you have nothing to do with them. God hates division and dissension and jealousy because God is one, Father, Spirit, and Son. So if you're trying to divide the church, if you're trying to divide God's church, that is inappropriate, and it is indecent. It is a deed of darkness. It is sinful to divide God's people. So instead of belonging to the night, we are to be living in the light we are to be clothed with christ and that's exactly what paul says in the book of galatians that when we get baptized uh, we are uh, clothed with christ in galatians 3:27, it says all of you who were baptized into christ have clothed yourselves with christ you have put on new clothes uh, you have been given new clothes the old clothes of sin are done away with we take off those old clothes because we are putting on jesus We are putting on the new clothes of Jesus Christ. We are different. We are wearing different clothes now. Okay? We are wearing Jesus. Uh, The old clothes of sin are done away with. When you come to Jesus for forgiveness, He forgives all your sins. When you believe in Him, repent from your sins, confess your faith, and are baptized, your sins are washed away. You are given new life. You are given new clothes. And the clothes that you are given are are the clothes that Jesus gives you, you are clothed with Christ. So that when God sees you, he no longer sees you, he no longer sees your sins, he no longer sees your sinfulness, God sees Jesus. That makes me feel really good. Because I look in the mirror every day and I see myself and I think, oh man, dude, you got to get your act together. you got to get your stuff, what? what? I know my sins, I know my weaknesses, I know my struggles, I know my failures. I look in that mirror and it's like, dude, come on. God looks at me and, and He knows my sins, He knows my failures, but He doesn't see me. God looks at me and He sees Jesus. Why? Because I'm clothed with Christ. I have put on Christ. Now I gotta act like it. Everywhere I go, Jesus goes with me. Everything I say, Jesus hears. Everything I do, Jesus watches. I am clothed with Christ, He's with me all the time. So now I gotta live differently. I gotta put on Jesus. I have to live in the light and not live in the night. You know, when, when we are forgiven, our sins are forgiven completely. I think about the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. What did Jesus tell her? Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned? Neither do I condemn you. But what did he say? Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. He forgave her, but told her to go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. He didn't say, you're forgiven, go do what you want. He said, go and sin no more. And We need to remember the sin no more part. We need to live out the sin no more part. Because time is running out. Time is running out. We need to do away with the deeds of darkness and walk in the light of God's loving grace. We have to make the best use of our time. And that's the next blank on your outline. To make the best use of our time. Take your Bible, flip over to Ephesians. We're going to flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. I'll give you a moment to find that. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. And we're going to look at this. And this also talks about darkness and light. It talks about making the most of our time. Ephesians 5, 8 through 20. Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to make the best use of our time. In verse 16 in the New International Version, it says, Make the most of every opportunity. I like what it says better in the English Standard Version, which is an update of the Revised Standard Version. It says, Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil a lot of different translations translate this this word for opportunity or time in different ways but i I really believe that the the greek really gets at the uh, the idea of making the most of our time we need to find out what pleases the lord paul says find out what pleases the lord have you ever thought about that what it means to please god what it means to please the lord to put a smile on his face to to want to please him as his children, we should want to please God. We should want to please the Lord in the things that we say, in the things that we do, in the things that we think. We should want to please God with our lives. You know, I think about my little guy and how he likes to please me. I mean, I, I don't mean like come and get me my slippers and my paper and my, and my Diet Pepsi. I, I mean just like in the things that he does, like when he wants to get good grades. You know, he loves to hear me say, good job, son. Great job. He loves to hear, he wants to please me. And I think that's really cool. And that's what I want to do for God. I want to please God. I, I should want to find out what pleases the Lord. Living in the darkness, I can tell you this much, living in the darkness does not please him. The deeds of darkness, Paul says, are fruitless. And he lists two of them here in Ephesians chapter 5. Wine, drink, getting drunk on wine and, and debauchery. Because drunkenness leads to debauchery. So instead of getting drunk on alcohol, it's, it's not just limited to wine. Well, it only says don't get drunk on wine, so <laughs> going to the store tomorrow and picking up a 24-packer. No. No. Do not get drunk, which leads to debauchery, which leads to reckless behavior. We need to make The best use of our time and to make the most of every opportunity Those living in the darkness need to see the light of jesus's love and grace Those who live in the darkness need the light. They need the light and they you know They're not going to like it people living in darkness don't want to see the light. How do I know this because i've slept before Okay, have you ever been sleeping fast asleep sound asleep? Just oh, it feels so good the bed is nice and warm I think the furnace just kicked on. This is great. And then someone walks in and flips on the light switch. Oh, dude. Seriously? They flip on. What does it do? It hurts, right? Someone flips on the light switch in the middle of the night. Get up. I was never in the military, but I've heard stories. (laughs) That light switch flips on and it hurts your eyes. It hurts your eyes when you shine the light of jesus christ into the dark lives of other people it hurts Because it makes you realize i'm no good uh, Compared to jesus the light of jesus christ. I'm no good. I'm a i'm a i am am a failure I'm a sinful failure And when the light shines on my sins and makes me realize what a failure i've been that hurts. I don't like it very much We got to shine the light anyway it, It's like going to the doctor Okay, and the doctor offers you the option of a sucker or a shot (laughs) The shot is what you need The shot is what is good for you The shot does not feel good though. How many of you don't like needles Quite a few. Yeah I don't care. It's not a big deal to me because I know that after after the shot I get the sucker anyway When it comes to shining the light of Jesus Christ into the lives of people. It's like the shot. But it's what they need. They need to find the light. They need to see the light because the darkness leads to death. The light leads to life, but the darkness leads to death. When we shine the light of Jesus Christ into this dark world, it's going to hurt the eyes of those living in darkness, but we still have to shine the light. We need to spend our lives and our spend our time shining the light of Jesus to this dark world. We need to make the most of every opportunity to make a difference for God's kingdom God is the author of time. He generously gives us the time that we spend on this earth We get a lifetime to decide what we're going to do with Jesus We get a lifetime to decide and and there's no guarantees on how long that lifetime is Your lifetime may be 20 years your lifetime may be 30 years it may be 50 years maybe 80 years maybe 100 years Whatever that lifetime that God gives you is, you have to decide what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. Will you use your life for his purposes? Or will you use your life, or will you waste your life on things that really don't matter, on things that really don't count? We have to make the best use of our time so that people will experience and see and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We cannot waste Any time in our lives in pursuit of sinful darkness We cannot waste our lives in the pursuit of sinful darkness The world needs jesus the world needs jesus in so many ways and we know jesus We need to introduce people to jesus christ. We need to be his ambassadors. We need to be telling people who jesus is the problem is We'll claim that we're too busy Well, i'm too busy to work on my relationship with god i'm too busy to work on on, on helping other people follow jesus I, i'm just too busy So you mean to tell me you're too busy to pray Or you're too busy to to read the love letter that god has written you his word You're, you're too busy to to come to worship on a regular basis. You're just you're too busy to take five minutes uh, To pray for someone or to thank god for what he's done If you're too busy to pray or to study his word or or to do any of those things and you're just too busy You're you're too busy uh, too busy to spend seventy-five minutes in in worship. Too busy to to work on your relationship with God. There's 168 hours in a week. 168 hours a week. That's ten thousand eighty minutes. If if you know, we'll talk about at offering time. We'll talk about our tithes, giving a tithe, ten percent of our ten percent of our income to Jesus uh, as uh, a way of saying thanks, and a way of saying that I I trust you, God, with my income. But we'll never talk about our time very much. We don't talk about that very much. If you were to tithe your time, that's a thousand eight minutes a week for Jesus. I'll, I'll let that sink in for just a minute. That's a thousand. That is nearly seventeen hours a week for Jesus. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll we'll, we'll subtract out uh, forty hours a week for work. We'll subtract out fifty-six hours a week for sleeping because you got to sleep. Right. So we're going to we'll subtract the 56 hours awake for sleeping. Uh, that's uh, average of eight hours a day. So now we're gone from 16.8 hours to 8.8 hours. OK, uh, we'll subtract the 40 hours out for working. So now we're going to we're going to subtract that out a little bit, even though you can redeem that time a little bit and tell your coworkers about Jesus or read your Bible on your lunch break. We won't go there okay so now we're down to 11 hours a week so after subtracting out time for sleeping time for working we're down to 11 hours a week uh we'll we'll give you three hours a day for meals we'll take out the three hours a day for meals uh so uh now we're down to 80 hours or eight hours a week well um let's see what else we got here okay uh we're gonna take out the the 40 hours for work like i said so now we're down to four hours a week so after work sleep food okay Uh, We're we're down to 40 hours a week of just time. You get 40 hours of free time a week. And you're thinking, you don't know my schedule. I don't have 40 hours. You have more time than you think. All right, the pictures of the cats on the internet can wait. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay? So, we, oh, oh, folks, folks, we waste so much time. Do we not? We waste so much time. Two words, Face book. That's all I'm going to say. And, and I do it too. I do it too. That's how I know you're wasting time on Facebook because I'm wasting time on Facebook too. Okay. So I know, I, I know, I, I know we waste so much time. So we're down to four hours a week, 75 to 90 minutes for worship. And you're hoping for 75. I know, but we're at 75 to nine minutes. So that's an hour and a half uh, here at church on a Sunday. So now we're down to two and a half hours a week. If you go to Bible study too, that's another hour and a half. Now you're down to what, an hour, an hour a week for Jesus. An hour a week, outside of Bible study, outside of worship, an hour a week, that that works out to literally eight minutes a day, eight and a half minutes a day for Jesus. Can you give Jesus eight and a half minutes? I mean, we'll give eight and a half minutes to a lot of different things, won't we? We'll spend eight and a half minutes waiting in line at the bank. What can you do in that eight and a half minutes you're waiting in line at the bank? Lord, I just want to thank you for the fact that I can stand in the bank and I have money to put in this bank. Lord, I want to pray for my friend who's having a hard time. Lord, here's a great one, okay? It's a suggestion. Just a suggestion. Lord, I want to pray for my minister. Seriously, dude, this guy needs prayers. I'm not even kidding. Lord, I want to pray for my family. I want to thank you for my family, and I want to pray for my spouse. You will find that if you pray for your spouse, Instead of complaining to your friends about spou- your spouse, if you, if you pray to God about your spouse rather than complaining to your friends about your spouse, your spouse will be a lot different. And it's not going to be your spouse being different. It's going to be you that's different. Because your attitude toward them is going to be different. Pray, talk to God about your spouse, not your friends. That's free, okay? That's just a free one. That's not in the notes. Um, but here's the thing. God doesn't want four hours a week. God wants your heart. He wants your whole heart in full devotion and sold-out commitment. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could punch a clock for Him. Okay, it's not about punching a clock. Okay, I came in, swipe my card. I'm leaving, swipe out. Okay, that's 75 minutes. I got to do an extra. I got to do another uh, two and a half hours for Jesus this week. I'm going to swipe my card when I read. It's not about punching a clock for God. It's not about keeping track of the time that we. It, God wants it all. He wants all of our time. He wants all of our hearts. He wants all of our souls. He wants all of our strength. He wants all of our mind. Sold out in love for Him. He reached out to love. And He reached out in love to us. He reached out in love so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could go to heaven. And now he wants us to be sold out to him. He doesn't want our excuses when it comes time, uh, when it comes uh, to, to spending our time. He doesn't want our excuses, uh, you know, and that's what we do. We make excuses and, and, and we'll say, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. and got The cats, they're on Facebook. I got to do this. No, you don't. We got to give our time to Jesus first. We got to give our time to God first. He's the one who's given us the time. He wants it back. You know, it is so easy to justify the thing, the time that we spend doing things like, you know, our time with our family, but again, it's not as easy to justify our time when we're wasting it. And it's not just Facebook, it's not just pictures of cats on the internet. It's sports. Oh, so guilty. So guilty. The amount of money and time I have spent invested in the Notre Dame fighting Irish football team. So guilty. And never mind the team from Green Bay. Or that Southside baseball team that I love so much. I have wasted so much time when I could have been investing that in the kingdom. And I understand we need recreation. We need to relax. We need to, we need. I can relax. When I get to heaven, I can rest. When I get to heaven, until then, I need to be busy. I need to be working for Jesus. You're like, Sean, you do. You work here. Do I work at it with all my heart? Do I work at it with all my soul? Do I work at it with all my strength? There are times I don't. I'll be honest. I need to do better. And so do you. We all need to do better. Because the days are dark But the night is almost over And Jesus is coming soon (sighs) That's heavy stuff, right? So here's my challenge for you today Evaluate your time What are you doing with the time that God has given you? How are you spending your time? Are you making the most of it? Or are you wasting the time? Are you making the most of every second Of every minute, of every hour, of every day? Or are you wasting your time? I don't want to think of my time as a waste. You know, we waste such a great deal of our time. We need to evaluate how we're spending our time. It is so easy to just be through life and whatever happens, happens. That's all good, you know, just kind of take what comes and that's no big deal. We need to be careful how we are living because the world is watching and the world is living in darkness and they need the light of Jesus. We are only given so much time. So the challenge today is to prioritize your time to use it wisely to make the most of your time and to make it count for something eternal, something like heaven.